All right, so we can get started. We can get we can get started. It's like I'm scared to get started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After, after multiple attempts. Right, right. It's like I don't want to. I want to. <laughs> right, right. I don't want to say anything. All right. So we're just going to go ahead and get started. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And this is Nika Monfort, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. And you're tuned into the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs, where we talk all things Apple and then some. So I think we have climbed a hill, maybe got over the hurdle a little bit. <laughs> past couple weeks. Right. Yeah, past couple weeks, we've been slumming it, looking kind of janky, but I think after... On the struggle bus. Right, right. So after uh, trying out some different software, uh, looking at some fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy video, not even showing some video some weeks, we are finally looking a whole lot better going live via video. So we want to thank all those who are actually watching uh, the live taping. If you want to uh, participate in the live taping, definitely you can be a Patreon. That's how we are getting users access to the live taping. In addition to the live taping, you get access to the live pre-show to where we do some banter, catching up, things of that nature that you don't get on the regular podcast or the regular YouTube video. In addition to that, you get access to our Discord chat where we talk all things tech and just all things general outside of the actual podcast. So if you want to catch up with what we're doing throughout the week, if you want to suggest some um, articles or things you want us to discuss on the show, we kind of do all that throughout the Discord. So all that for a little is $5 a month. If you want to take advantage of that, definitely uh, hit us up at patreon.com forward slash snob cast and support the show. So other than that, um, I think we're going to move right into the show. So I think the biggest thing that came out of Apple as of last week, I only had two stories that I found, but probably the most I'd say talked about one was the fact that Apple has announced a four to one stock split. Now, I claim to be a newbie stock guy, but I still kind of don't completely understand this whole four to one stock split. So I did a little bit of research and basically and again, if anybody's listening or anybody's watching and I'm wrong, <laughs> tell me otherwise. But the thing I would the way I understand it is. Uh, Apple has announced that if you own for I'll use myself, for example, if I own one share of Apple stock at one hundred dollars, they're going to do a four to one split. So now I own four shares of the four stock, shares. yeah, four shares of the stock, but it's going to be lower value. So let's just say for for, for numbers sake, uh, one share, I own one share at one hundred dollars. They split it four ways. Now I own four shares at twenty five dollars. Now you may say, OK, well. My, I sh- shouldn't they give me four shares at four at a hundred dollars a piece? Well, no. <laughs> but if Apple stocks climb back up now, if it goes back up to four a hundred dollars, now you have four shares. Make four sure shares in the camera. <laughs> four shares 
of $100. So that's basically the breakdown. Uh, give you a little bit more information. Um, shares will split uh, starting August 31st. So I don't know when is the cutoff date for buying the shares. Can you own the shares up until August 31st when it splits? Or do you have to have already previously owned the shares? I don't know all that information, but I'll just uh, I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to take a look at it. Um, I'll just read some of the headlines. A new Bloomberg report says that traders are betting on Apple's share price to rise even higher following its stock split announcement last week. Apple announced a four to one stock split, like I mentioned, for investors with additional shares being received on August 24th uh, from the report. Um, Let's see. As happened in previous years, Apple has done this. The move is stirring more bets on the uh, on the companies from Bloomberg. So basically what that means is, again, like I said, um, it's going to split stock four ways. So for every one stock you own, you'll now own four. And then if the stock goes back up, you tend to make more money. So, again, I'm not a stock guy. Maybe you can shed some light on. Does that make sense to you? Did I get everything right? Or That's what I- yeah, that's what I gathered is that it'll essentially split it into four. And like you said, the value is lower, but based on this article, they're expecting the stock price to go up. So even if it's using your $100 example, even if now it's at $25 a share, if the stock goes back up, you will now have four shares at the newer value. So I think that that sounds right to me based on what I'm reading. That's what it seems. Now, the question is, like you said, um, can you like buy more stock now? And maybe that's what they're hoping that people do is they lo- they'll load up on on stocks and and load up on shares. And so when it does hit, of course, that you know benefits them. So I right. don't know. Right. So yes, uh, to answer your question, yes, the stock has already gone up. Like I played around with the stock for one day uh, last week, and I should have stayed because it was at. When they when I found out about it, I give you, you know, real world examples. When I found out about it and played with the stock a little bit, it was at three hundred and seventy eight dollars. Right. And then I played around with it, let it climb to about four hundred and twelve dollars a share. And then I sold mine. I'm like, I made a little bit of money. I'm out the game. Right. But after that, it has risen to. And let me actually I'm going to get on my phone right now and find the stock. Right, the stock yeah, price right now, Apple stock is. Let me look this up real quick. It is at four fifty five. Four hundred and fifty five dollars. So, in real world example, and it's gone up like fifteen dollars. Yeah, exactly. So when I invested it after I heard about all this, uh, actually I invested before they did the earnings. So the morning of their earnings call last week, I invested and bought a couple of shares at a 437. Now it's up to, what'd you say? 455. That's over a hundred dollars in just a week, you know, and I kicked myself because I got in and got out after I made a little bit of money, but I guess that's the name of the game with the stocks. It's like you get out, get in, get out yeah. and be happy with what you made. Don't kick yourself. Cause that's how people lose all their money. But <laughs> if you are a stock right. person in the stock market into trading, uh, definitely, you might want to take a good look at Apple in the next couple of weeks because, again, after August 31st, come, what is that? After that, then you may make a little bit of money. So definitely check that out. All right, let's see. Next up, like I said, the only other 
uh, big story from Apple. I didn't find another oh. one that I added. Oh, okay. That I did. Oh, you did? It okay. just came out right before we, right before the show started. Uh, okay, I'll let you jump in and uh, do that one, and I'll go back to well, my other one. Okay. Oh, you put it at the end. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so the, the story that I had, um, in addition to the stock one, it was iPhone 12, uh, release date, prices, picks, and specs, and all that good stuff. So the rumor mill is still strong for Apple, and the iPhone 12 looks like they've um, got a release date for Apple and got some prices and the actual models. So the way it breaks down is the iPhone 12 normally comes out, is announced and released in September. Well, this year it's not going to be uh, released until October. And then the rumors are all of the device models, which there are going to be four of them. If this leak uh, proves to be true, they may stagger them. So maybe one month or a couple weeks, one uh, one or two versions will come out. And then maybe a couple weeks later, another version and a couple of weeks later, another version will come out. So uh, but according to this leak, there's going to be four models. There's going to be a 5.4 inch iPhone 12. That's going to be the regular iPhone 12. And the price for that, according to this news story, is six ninety nine. So seven hundred dollars for the basic. Right, right. Which is for the entry level iPhone 12. There's going to be two 6.1 inch models of the iPhone 12. One is going to be the iPhone 12 Max, which is going to have a little bit better internals, a little bit better screen. That one's going to start at $799. And then an iPhone 12 Pro, which is going to have even better camera and even longer battery life and even more uh, uh, storage space. That's going to start at $1049. And then the last model is the 6.7 inch, which is the the bigger phablet one, the i the iPhone 12 Pro Max is going to start at 11.49. Of course, all those prices go up if you add more hard drive uh, storage space. The 6.1 and the 6.7 inch are going to have, I think, six gigs of RAM, which Apple normally mm-hmm. doesn't promote. But the fact that they're promoting it means that it's a big deal now. <laughs> normally, Apple they really don't tell you how much RAM is in it. You just know it's fast, right? So now they're actually. Mm-hmm. Now they're actually differentiating between the different uh, versions as it relates to specs like RAM, because, of course, all the journalists, all the bloggers, they love all the specs on the iPhone. So Apple, this is kind of giving them what they want. So, again, like I mentioned, first model is going to be released in October, which will probably be the the regular base model 5.4 inch iPhone 12 will release in October and then they'll be staggered after that. So um, I guess I want to ask you, are you. Are you going to upgrade? Are you going to hold on to yours? What are you looking like? I'm, I'm going to upgrade because I still have the iPhone 10. Okay. I didn't go for the 11 because I was waiting for the, the 5G. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the specs. I'll probably go with the, the Pro. Mm-hmm. I think the phablet one is just way too big. I don't, it, that, that's just way too much. Um, so I'll probably go based on this. I'll probably do the, 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 the Pro. I'm probably at 256. Oh, okay. All right. So I have the iPhone 10s Max right now, and I think I have the 256 gig version. So looking mm-hmm. at these, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm going to go with. I think I may go with the a smaller form factor. I may not go with the biggest one because um, mm-hmm. it's all right. But I mean. If I'm if I'm being honest with myself, <laughs> it is kind of big, right? <laughs> and I already have an yeah. iPad Pro, I already have a MacBook, so I really don't need this big screen. So I may 
go smaller and go with the 6.1 inch iPhone 12 Pro uh, and and get that one to try it out and then kick myself for not getting a big one later. <laughs> <laughs> I already know that the 6.7 is way too way too big for me. So the Pro, the Pro, I think the Pro will do. I think the Pro is going to work. Right, but and I may change my mind because even though 6.7 sounds like a big phone, it may just be you get more screen real estate. So my guess is maybe the i the 6.7 inch will be the same size as my current phone, just more screen, which mm-hmm. which gives it the bigger um, uh, resolution uh, diagonal size. So if that's the case, then I may stick with the bigger one. But if I'm not getting any more screen real estate, just getting a bigger phone, I may drop down a size and get smaller form factor. See how I like that. So. Uh, right, because they're not really showing if it's if it's going to be you know full you know edge to edge right with right. the six point seven. So I guess one once they make the announcement, you can you know kind of make the decision. But I'm assuming that it's probably going to be edge to edge. And if you look at the body style, mm-hmm. is it's reminiscent of the the iPhone five. Right. So it's going back to that more square, yep. thicker. Um, you know, bevel type of type of edge and, and frame than than what we currently have. Yeah, yep. The 10s and the 10s Max and the so. Yep, yep. So, yeah. so think of the iPhone 5s. I think was the last version yeah. that had that box look, which in hindsight looked pretty good. So we'll see how that looks updated yeah. for these versions that just came out. So, all right, that's and it. I think Go Apple ahead. Probably, and I think Apple. I was just going to say, I think pro- Apple probably did that on purpose. Because most of their competitors are continuing with the current frame, and I think they probably wanted to differentiate themselves a little bit and go back to a previous version, you know. Because I think um, the new Samsung just came out. Was it yesterday or today? And I think you know it's a stark comparison from the body style from what we're seeing. The rumors are for the iPhone 12 um, as it compares to the to the Samsung Note. So I think. It'll definitely. It, it. I think it's separating itself, so it won't look so much like some of the other phones that are out there. Right. Right. All right. All right. So you said you added a third when I see this public beta of macOS Big Sur. Yes. It, right. So they just released this today. Wait, in today the sixth. Yeah, it just came out today because I know when I was coming downstairs to get ready to record, I saw the Google alert pop up, and I was like, oh. So um, Apple is dropping the public beta of uh, the latest OS, the latest Mac OS, Big Sur. Um, We talked about it um, before, um, I think earlier this year when we went through some of the the OS updates. Mm -hmm. Um, So essentially with any beta, you know, it's a beta. So it's probably still has some bugs and some kinks to work out. But if you're interested in, you know, trying, taking it out for a spin, it um, is going to be available. And again, similar to what the, the article that we're reading from The Verge says, it's not necessarily ideal that you install it on your everyday machine. You may want to put it on another one just to be safe. Or if you do use it on your primary machine, definitely back up your data because you know they can't be held responsible for any type of bugs or glitches or you know, you know, completely brick your system with the new beta, but it's, it's, it's definitely um, coming out and it's going to be available. Um, it seems like when we went through this before, 
um, we kind of talked about some of the changes and how they're trying to make it, it the the interface seamless across you know different versions, uh, meaning iOS, iPad OS, Mac OS, right. um, to make it a, a bit more seamless across the board. So whichever device you're looking at, it's the same across all of the devices. So just you know putting it out there that the beta is coming. Um, again, it will only be compatible on, on certain devices. Uh, MacBook 2015 and early, later, MacBook Air 2013 and later, MacBook Pro 2013 and later, Mini 2014, iMac 2014, iMac Pro 2017, and Mac Pro 2013. So if you have any of those devices, then you should be good to go to to upgrade once the final version is released and if you want to to try the beta as well all right yeah um so i have the ios 14 public beta on my daily driver iphone of course i did an archive backup actually i'll get into the um the hookup on how to do that a little bit later uh definitely want to do the same thing with your macbook if you're going to do it i may try it uh, normally I didn't do it on my iPad because, uh, shout out to Allison Sheridan of the No Silicast podcast. She put out a picture. <laughs> she put out a picture <laughs> of her iPad, not rotating back to uh, portrait mode after landscape mode. So when you turn it around, the, the screen doesn't flip. So I'm assuming they changed that. But when I saw that picture, I didn't upgrade my iPad to the public beta, but I may upgrade to the Big Sur public beta specifically because I was thumbing through the story and it says um, and I'll just read it uh, there's a bunch more packed into Big Sur that I didn't touch on here this is the author such as improvement to maps a suite of new system sounds and the return of Mac's iconic startup chime so for those who don't know uh, when you start up a Mac you get that Boom, that 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 startup chime sound. Well, that went away with some of the newer Macs. I have a newer MacBook, um, MacBook Pro. I don't get the chime at all. So I may upgrade to the public beta just to get just to get the chime back. Uh, Definitely. I'm going to make a a backup of my uh, computer before you actually do the upgrade. So if something goes wrong, I can downgrade back to the uh, Catalina without losing any data. But. I may play around with it and try that. Uh, some of the cool, some of the things just I saw, just going through some of the images in this article, um, like when you send somebody a happy birthday message in iOS, you can get some options as to animate the screen. You get the confetti, right? Yeah. You get to, you can do that on uh, messages on Big Sur. Uh, same thing with uh, Control Center. When you swipe down or up, depending on which phone you have, to see the Control Center on your phone. Uh, you can do the same thing in Big Sur and get that similar look. So that goes back to what you were saying about uniform, unifying the interface amongst all of the devices. So Big Sur is kind of like the the best one to actually show that because a lot of the features are coming into Mac that we are uh, take for granted probably in iOS and iPad OS. So I'm definitely interested into that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have a couple different Macs, so I may put it on one of them that I don't, you know, use really every day mm-hmm. just to kind of to take a test drive in and see how it works. And I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but the the public beta is is out there so you can get it now. Yeah. Yeah. I may I may try that out. 
All right. All right. So I think that is it for the lowdown. Let's move into second string where we all talk all things tech. So it looks like Microsoft has stepped up to the plate and I don't know if they're partnering with the United States government. I don't know if they're influenced any sort of way by is that uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, the U.S., uh, for those who don't know, uh, the president has decided he threatened to ban TikTok from uh, the United States, meaning the super popular. I don't have an account, but the super popular uh, social media site that is based in the United States. But the company it originates from China. So according to the president, uh, um, that has some sort of security issues. So um, they threatened to ban it. And I guess Microsoft decided they wanted to step up and um, I don't know, like I said, partner. I don't know what they're doing with the United States. But they're buying they're buying a portion. Of right. It, so they're not even getting the whole thing. So, so that's why I'm just so confused with this whole thing. But I'll let you maybe it's more info in there. Uh, no. <laughs> so so the story that we're reading is it's not going to be as simple as just buying TikTok, right? Because TikTok is a global um a global phenomenon for lack of a better term with users all over the globe. And since the United States is the only country that is going to ban it, Microsoft can't buy the whole thing. They're going to have to buy, like you said, regions are going to buy. I think the story said U.S., Canada, Australia, New Zealand are the only portions of the TikTok that the United States is going to buy. And specifically what that's going to the problem that's going to have is they can't buy everything. So all the IP, all of the resources, all the employees, all of the servers, all the infrastructure, you can't just gobble that all up. You got to section it off and then you have to build your own. Microsoft is potentially if they go through with this, they're going to have to build their own infrastructure. They're going to have to stand up their own servers. They're going to have to stand up their own networking. They have to stand up their all that, which typically is what you don't do when you buy a company. Normally, you just buy all that. Let them run it. Right. You put your name on the top and you take some of the profits. So it's kind of untypical of what companies, big companies like Microsoft, Apple, Google, when they buy other companies, they're actually going to buy the 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 data and have to figure out how to support that, which, again, that's going to be a whole thing. And it's going to be interesting to see if Microsoft goes through with it. If Microsoft doesn't do it, maybe I saw some rumors, maybe Apple will do it, but uh, may do it rather. But again, that's just the whole thing. This is like this is not your typical uh, big tech swallowing up a smaller tech company. This is going to be a little bit more uh, money and the fact that the United States is involved and specifically our president is involved. And he's already said that he should get a, that, that the government should get a portion of the sale. Right. That That's not, that's not, I, I don't. That's not how any of this works. Right. And, right. And honestly, <laughs> so I'm just going to say, okay. I think all of this is just a farce. It's okay. just a way to take the heat off of this guy and all the crap that he's doing and is involved in. Okay. I think it's just a front to say, look, I'm protecting America from from China because he's already calling, you know, using racist terms for coronavirus virus, calling it China virus. So I think this is just another, you know, 
cog in the wheel of him saying, see, China's big and bad and we don't like them and they're against us. They hate us. They're trying to kill us. I just think this is just another first um, and propaganda for him to take the heat off of himself and the stuff that he's doing. And I don't know why Microsoft has involved themselves in this mess because that's what it is. You can't peel off sections of a app based on region. I guess you technically in theory could, but in practicality, it makes no sense. So you're meaning to tell me you're gonna try and take these four pieces, these four regions out of the whole world Mm -hmm. and do your own thing. How does that compare? Are you gonna have like a TikTok Microsoft and a TikTok everybody else? Right. Is it still going to be the same interface? Are you still gonna have access to all of the proprietary data, the patents? Are are you buying that? I don't see how you can buy that if there are other regions, if the if the parent company owns it, I don't this this it just makes no sense. Right. It, right. It's not feasible. And it's it's just to me, again. Is election time is coming up and he's trying to nothing he's done has been successful. Right. So he's trying to make it seem like he's doing something. Right. And it's just a, it's just a freaking farce. Right. And honestly, you know, Instagram is trying to encroach on right. the TikTok, you know, um, scene because they just came out with Reels, which is essentially TikTok baked into Instagram. Right. So it may be pointless. So again, I think it's just him trying to flex his little muscle. I don't know why he's getting involved in private business. I think there's some kind of legal something that says that the president can't do this. Right. Because <laughs> it's got to be. <laughs> because it's the same thing with the whole um, Goya. Him and his daughter, he, he's sitting at the Resolute desk in the freaking Oval Office shilling beans, right. as uh, Chris Como said. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're you can't do that but they're letting him get away with this because they're racist they're all racist if he's willing to put through my racist agenda then i'm just gonna sign up for whatever the hell he's doing right and it's just it's just absurd it's completely absurd and i'm so freaking over it i can't even say how over i am of this whole thing right so (laughs) so there is there is some sort of there is a small common, not common sense. There is some something to be made about data, right? Because we, you know, on this show, we re- we regularly talk about, you know, data is currency. You know, we talked about a past, you know, the Face app that, you know, a, again, another app that originates in a foreign country that a lot of American users are contributing data to that could possibly be used in the future for whatever reason we are we already talked about Cambridge Analytica and Russia and Facebook and all that stuff so there is something to the idea of a widely popular data source that a lot of Americans are contributing data to that is not owned by an American company I can see there is a cause for concern there. Now, outside of that, all this other stuff, like you mentioned, is just Trump trying to look good, trying to say he's done something, which he calls it, you know, to 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 
uh, piggyback on what you said. He calls it the China virus, which is discriminatory to say the least. And then, and, and then he wants to turn around and say, okay, it's a China virus, but I want you to sell us your company. If I was China and say, oh, so it's the China virus, huh? You're blaming this whole virus thing on us. Uh, how about I not sell my company off or regions of my company off? And two, I'm going to actually use the data to influence American politics or influence American, whatever the case may be, or sell your data to some whatever the case may be. You know, it's like I don't understand how his the president's logic is. I would think if you are trying to do a good faith thing and say, hey, this data, we want to make sure stays in American hands. If you're really about that, you know, he would actually be making more in an effort and he wouldn't be saying stuff like, well, okay, well, the United States should take a cut from this uh, sale if it goes through. That's not good faith. That's just you trying to capitalize. And again, number two, that's like you said, you're trying to look good for the election season because everything you've done up until now has not looked good on your resume for these past four years. So again, there's something to be said for it, but not coming from him, not coming from this um, administration. And honestly, China is better than me because I would be hella petty and say, oh, so it's the China virus. So um, run me my money that you owe me real quick. Right. Or let me. How about you just send me a direct deposit um, of the trillions of dollars that you owe me? Just slide my money on over and and let me have that. Right. And so um, as we were talking, I was reading the article more. And in the article, before I even got to it, it said, in essence, TikTok will be split in the two apps similar to what I said, Mm -hmm. one for the parent company and one for Microsoft. But another thing that just really hit me is that his issue with TikTok is vanity because when they did that that rally in Tulsa and he just kept bragging about millions and millions of people and it was all these K-pop and TikTok people, kids who bought all the tickets, you know, who got all the tickets Mm -hmm. and making it seem like, you know, a million people were coming and it was these kids who were trolling him. And I think that's honestly where all of this (laughs) stems from. We have a so-called president who is so concerned about his image. himself, mm-hmm. his image, and is so selfish. He's about to take down this company and cause all the strife because some teenagers trolled him. Right. Like, bruh. And, he, and that's, what it, that's what it boils down to. And, he was trolled by some teenagers, and now he's mad. Right. And if you want to take the conspiracy theory even further, uh, one of the most popular people to come out of TikTok, uh, Sarah Cooper, she used TikTok to do those impersonations of Trump. And that's how she and that's how she became famous because she started that on TikTok. So (laughs) I wouldn't put it past them. I would hate for that to be the case, but I wouldn't put it past them. It's true. He is petty. He is so he is again. He's a toddler. Yeah, he's a toddler. So, you know, that's what it all, you know, boils down to. I don't know kind of off topic. I don't know if you saw the um the HBO interview that he did. Uh yeah. Well um, I saw bits and pieces of it as much as I, I saw could bits, stomach. Yeah, me too. I, I couldn't I couldn't handle too much of it. I just saw like bits and pieces of it. And the thing that it goes to his ego is they asked him about John Lewis and he, you know, he was pissed that John Lewis didn't come to any of his state of the unions, didn't come to his inauguration. So that's why he didn't go to his funeral. And then to cap it all off, he's like, well, I've done more for black people than anybody. 
where does he get that from? Just because the employment numbers looked okay before the virus? But anyway, like you but said. Those, but those were Obama's numbers. Those weren't his. Yeah. Um, uh, and he got a couple black people that, you know, are licking his boots. So he's like, see, I got five black people. That means all black people like me. Oh, my no, goodness. Dude, yeah. That is not how this works. But in his mind, you know, I think he has some, um, shoot, what's the word I'm looking for? Some um, degradation of his. Uh, you think so? Facilities and capabilities. In addition, in addition to him just being racist, right? And an egomaniac, right? I think he. I mean, he is what seventy four. So I think he is. You know, on a cognitive. That's the word I'm looking for. Cognitive. He is on a cognitive decline. Wow. And okay. factor that in with his his egomania, his narcissism and his racism. I mean, it's a freaking perfect storm of, of BS. Right. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, (laughs) yeah, right. Rant, rant over, but this is, (laughs) this is crazy. But again, on a positive note, you know, Microsoft is trying to do something to get in the social media game. Uh, I don't know if they've even ever even tried. Well, they bought a LinkedIn, which again, you know, who uses LinkedIn really? (laughs) I know, Professionals do. The girls use it. Say what? I didn't realize it. I said apparently that people use it. They do. And they it's do. like people use people use it like Facebook. Do and they? I'm like really? Well, I saw. Like, well, I, I saw some people that I know use Facebook. That you know, of course, uh, men are sliding in people's DMs. You know, in the traditional sense, instead of you know doing some actual professional networking, they're actually like. You know, hey, beautiful, what you doing? You know, type messages in LinkedIn. So I so all that to say, uh, Microsoft is trying to do something to get in the social media game. TikTok is the um, flavor of the month as it relates to social media. Again, like you mentioned, uh, we didn't put in the show notes, but uh, Instagram just came out with their version. Like you mentioned, that could um, pull people from Snapchat who are concerned about where Snapchat go? I'm not Snapchat. I'm sorry. I said Snapchat. Um, TikTok. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Where TikTok is going as it relates to all this? Because, like I said, there are some people who have been discovered on TikTok. So you know, if they're concerned about, hey, well, if the president's going to get involved and Microsoft's going to get involved, I mean, is TikTok going to go away? You know, so a lot of people should could possibly move over to Instagram Reels, which I ain't, I ain't gonna get on that either. I am social media out <laughs> i can't take another one <laughs> i'm not about to shoot no because i've seen like some of celebrities who've been using it mm-hmm. it's a lot you do the different angles and you got to add music then you then you have to add like effect <sighs> yeah. let me just snap this picture real quick right and load it i'm really doing something if i add to my insta stories and like because i normally only do that for like birthdays mm-hmm. or like things i really want to call out like one of my friends she um was the stage manager for um, Sam J's new um, comedy special on Netflix. So I had finished watching it. She told me that she was involved in it and I watched it. And as you know, the credits rolled, and I was like, oh my God, I see her name. So I snapped a picture and I like do all the little stuff and put it on stories. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That's that was a lot. And all I did was take a picture and just add a hashtag and an ad in there. And I was exhausted. Yeah, so yeah. I know I'm not doing no reels and I do have a TikTok. But I only have a TikTok so that I can get my name, right? So that I can have like my name across all of the platforms. Yeah, that's the only reason 
why I have it. I've never been on TikTok. If I don't see the TikTok on Twitter, I'm not seeing it. Right, right. And you know, I can't even we can't even get this this uh podcast video stream together. I can't I can't do nothing else. I'm done, right? So you can all this is good information, but you can miss me on the whole TikTok thing. So <laughs> right. I don't I don't have it. I don't have it in me. <laughs> all right. So uh moving on to the next story, uh last pass. Uh, for those who are not uh, familiar, password manager, I definitely suggest anybody use some sort of password manager. I I think, Nikki, you use LastPass as well. Um, now yeah. they've added a feature for paid users. If you're paying for LastPass, it will proactively tell you if your specific passwords have been compromised. So basically what it, the way it works is um, LastPass monitors the dark web. It manages. Um, uh, actively checks around for any users, uh, email addresses, uh, any of the websites that they use, uh, any of that information that um, uh, data breach uh, hackers use to pull that information off the web and then put it on the dark web. LastPass monitors the dark web. If it finds anything that looks like it be, can be associated to you, like a like I said, like an email address, like a website that you frequently use, a username, a Twitter handle, whatever the case may be. They will alert you in their security dashboard. Uh, it will tell you which passwords are weak, which passwords have been reused or otherwise at risk. Um, the update, uh, the updated dashboard in LastPass takes the place of the security challenge, a tool that's also recommended which passwords you should change, including those that have been compromised as a report of them looking through the dark web. So basically, again, like I said, um, if you're a paid user of LastPass, you'll be able to get access to this tool that will keep you a little bit more protected. And again, in all of the data breaches, you know, all the social engineering, all the hacks that we've become kind of like, I don't want to say numb, but kind of expect to happen, mm-hmm. you know, using something like LastPass, there's some other ones out there, one password. Um, my kids, you know, now they're starting to get into school and doing this virtual learning and distance learning. Um, I put all their passwords into Apple's, uh, um, iCloud, uh, Apple keychain. Keychain. Yeah. Because they're just doing passwords. They're not doing bank accounts and not new with checking accounts or anything like that. So all they do is passwords. So I put all that into their keychains versus them just putting it in a note or using the same password over and over and over again. So any of those things will help. Uh, definitely. I recommend LastPass because they do a good job. Like I said, me and my wife, uh, share passwords amongst each other. You know, to make it easiest for us if something were to happen to me, she has access to all the passwords and vice versa. So definitely a password manager to definitely look at LastPass specifically because it now has this dark web. uh, Your passwords have been hacked tool. (laughs) And I have a LastPass story just as of Tuesday. Okay. So I go to log into um, something on my LastPass. Um, LastPass has like a master password that gives you access to all of your other passwords. So I type in my last pass, master password, and I'm in, I'm looking around and all that kind of stuff. Then I go and do something else and I come back and it prompts me to enter it again. And I enter it and it says, we don't recognize that password. And I have another tab, I have last pass open. So I see all of my things. Some kind of way, I don't know what happened, it forgot my master password and i know that it was my correct master password because i was like let me type it out and then copy and paste it make sure yeah yeah and then and make sure i didn't fat finger anything and it just did not work i tried to recover it 
It was like, no girl, we're not letting you recover it. I tried to reset it. It was like, no girl, we're not le- gonna let you recover it. So I end up having to delete my entire account and create another one. Oh wow! So all my passwords that I had saved in there were gone. Oh wow! Yep. So I've yeah, it was horrible. And I was like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? So then I was like, well, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it was compromised. Maybe something happened. I'm not sure what went down, but it caused me to completely have to start over. Yeah. So what I did was. I used my keychain uh-huh. because I would, you know, essentially store things Both. in keychain and in LastPass. Right. So, you know, when you ask if you want to update your keychain or add a keychain, yes. Do you want to add or update LastPass? Yes. So I have it in both places. Right. So I started on, I think, Tuesday, it was either Monday or Tuesday when it happened, like just going through one by one and like adding them back. I log in um, on Safari and then, you know, it'll pull up LastPass. But what I noticed is I was reusing some passwords. Mm -hmm. And so I took that time to use the, because LastPass will do a a password generator for you. Mm -hmm. And it'll include all the things and you can set it if how long you want it or how short you want it, you know, the different type of characters you want to include. And so I just spent most of the week going through and putting in generated passwords, whether it was, I was kind of alternating. Sometimes I would use a last pass generated password. Sometimes I would use the keychain suggested password. Right. Just kind of mixing it up. Mm. I'm not quite done. I still have a couple of accounts to go through, but for the most part it's done. And when I went to look at the, um, the, the rating that it gives you to right. make sure that everything's okay, even with the, you know, I don't know, I maybe have eight or so, nine or so that still need to be fixed mm-hmm. i'm still it gives you a percentage i'm still at like 86 percent wow you know you know secure and you know nothing is on the dark web so you know that kind of gave me some peace of mind but it had me kind of freaked out for a minute because i've been using the system for a long time and i've never had any issues and i don't know what kind of fluke or anomaly that came in and it just was like we don't know you right and that, that's what i was going to say that's one of the things about uh last pass specifically um, but all password generators, probably in the sense that if you don't remember your master password and you can't recover it, good luck, because you can't call LastPass and say, hey, uh, here's the thing. I forgot my master password or you in your case, uh, LastPass doesn't recognize my master password. Let me in. They're going to be like, I don't know what to tell you. You got to start we over. Know. We don't they do not know your password and that's for a good thing because if they know it that means a hacker or a data breach somebody else could possibly get it so that's another reason i mean it's on your case it's not good because you got to start all over but you have that silver lining in the sense that you know well if if LastPass ain't got my uh, account and i don't have access to my account then nobody's got it right so you know uh sleep yeah yeah, so I sleep well knowing that. So all that to say, definitely, definitely, definitely uh, use a password manager. No saving stuff in Excel. No saving stuff in a uh, note on your desktop called passwords. <laughs> I've seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, you know, I have to say, for especially for any Mac users, put it in both places. Put it in the keychain right. and put it in your password manager just so you can have that backup. And I will also say... 
there's a feature specifically in LastPass you can export you know the file encrypted mm-hmm. export it because had I had that export I could just import, import it, it back, back in right. and went on about my uh, merry way rather than having to go through this exercise right. but I'm happy that I am because now I'm able to reset you know all the passwords so I still have like I said I still have some outstanding the ones that I have outstanding aren't like anything that has any like financial information in it, mm-hmm. which is good. And I'm at the point now where if I don't get to those right now, the next time I log in, I'll know to like update, you know, everything. But I did like the the primary ones, the ones that are, you know, that are critical. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. So definitely uh, we recommend it. Uh, we'll definitely put a link in the show notes to download LastPass. So, all right. So moving on uh, to the last uh, story in the um, second string, Uh, Google is uh, shutting down yet another service. Uh, Google Play Music is shutting down in September. For those who don't know, Google uh, Play Music was Google's answer to Apple Music or iTunes, I guess. Uh, And they've decided to um, uh, actually shut down. Uh, Google Play Music. So if you are on Google Play Music, uh, if you're an Android, uh, I don't even know if your iPhone, do you have access to Google Play Music? As a, Yeah, I think there is an app uh, for Google Play Music. So uh, uh, definitely check that out. Uh, if you do have to use, um, uh, if you do have Google Play Music and you need to figure out, well, what do I use? Um, YouTube Music. Uh, that is Google's replacement for Google Play Music. Uh, they actually have created a uh, Google transfer tool to actually let you transfer all your purchased songs, purchased videos, uh, movies, uh, things of that nature. Move that all over to YouTube Music, which you'll now have to pay for <laughs> because it ain't Google. Uh, YouTube Music is uh, not free. Uh, YouTube Music is more on par with Apple Music, more on par with Spotify, more on par with Tidal. Uh, then Google Play Google Play Music was kind of more iTunes e to where you know they've kind of mm-hmm. updated it with uh, YouTube Music so you know all the the features that you're used to in Apple Music and some of the other ones you're gonna have to pay for that now with YouTube Music so I just wanted to put that out there Google is yet shutting down another service just out of the blue and say hey can't use this anymore <laughs> <laughs> right yep. sorry can't use it. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, that is it for uh, second string. Uh, we're going to move into for the culture, and I actually moved one of these stories around because one of them I had it in second string, but I want to put it in for the culture. Uh, Jay Z uh, invests in wise smart home tech. For those who don't know, and I actually already have a couple of their devices. Uh, wise is like a startup, uh, but for smart home tech. So you think of uh, smart home cameras. You think of um, smart home uh, door locks. You think of smart home sensors to where if you open and shut a door, open and shut a window, you can all manage that throughout the Wise app to where you can do smart home tech that way. Integrate it with Alexa, integrate it with some of the other smart home, you know, uh, smart home assistants. Uh, you can integrate those. So Jay-Z as actually he has a VC firm, which I did not know that. Now I do. I that. <laughs> he has a v, uh, VC it's firm. Marcy something. Yeah, that makes sense. Marcy Ventures or something. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. <laughs> he has invested in the uh, startup Wise, uh, which plans to actually launch a thermostat and a video doorbell. So again, the reason why I'm interested is for two reasons. Why? Because 
uh, by black. And now since Jay-Z is a invested partner, uh, I'm definitely going to look forward to uh, investing more of my money into smart home technology. That is at the very least, if not owned, run, uh, backed by uh, black owned business um, and already use the products. I already have a couple of the cameras. I was already trying to figure out how to consolidate all of this smart home tech into one uh, dashboard, one product. You know, I've got Alexa and I've got HomeKit and I've got August and I've got Wise and I've got um, all these other things. And if Wise is going to use this infusion of cash from uh, investors like Jay-Z to expand their product base because they're also planning on creating, like I said, a smart thermostat and a doorbell. I may start switching my stuff over because like I said, I've got all these different brands, all these different apps. And my whole po- per- point was to put it in one. And if wise is going to mm-hmm. do it and they are backed by some, uh, uh, a, uh, a black owned business, specifically Jay-Z, who I am a fan of, uh, that adds to the extra, Influence to actually go out and do it. So, yeah, like I said, I didn't know that uh, he had a, a yes Marcy Venture Partners, which is uh, co-founded by Jay Z, Larry Marcus, and Jay Brown. So they have actually prior investments include companies like Hip Camp, Hungry Wheels, and Verst. I haven't heard of any of those, but the, like I said, the first one I've heard of that I actually use is Wise. So shout out to Jay Z and them for doing that yep cool. uh, all right all right so the the next for the culture one uh i don't know if you're familiar talib Kweli. Mm-hmm. uh he is per- permanently suspended from twitter over cyberbullying accusations so basically you know the rundown what happened for him to get per- permanently it, it says well, let me make sure how do you permanently suspend somebody either you suspend them or you permanently or you ban, them, ban right? them, right? So suspension is kind of like I can come back, but if you permanently suspend, I get. I'm assuming that's permanently banned. So anyway, anyway, for, uh, semantics, is, right? Semantics aside, he's off of Twitter, and the reason why he's off of Twitter was um, a user made a comment as it relates to um, the way it started. A bunch of people, right? The way it started was ahead, some, somebody put up a post that said. Um, uh, uh, listed a na- a list of celebrities, athletes, entertainers who are married to black women, right? Because again, the stereotypical joke is once athletes, entertainers, celebrities, black ones, black men, once they make it, they tend to de- uh, marry outside of right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> they end up marrying outside the race. So somebody, I guess, in contrary to that put up this list of black men who are athletes, entertainers, Talib Kweli included, married to black women. And then somebody Mm -hmm. put in response to that and said, if you look at all those names, all those dudes are married to lighter skinned uh, black women. So, you know, maybe uh, insinuating that they have colorism, colorism issues. You know, the whole, the whole subject itself is very colorist. The fact that, you can't get these black women it and I'm maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think she kind of put it in there to kind of make fun of the fact that, OK, well, they're not married to dark skinned women. They have some colorist issues. So all of them married to uh, a light skinned black women, as in kind of like minimizing the fact that these light skinned women are, in fact, black women in general. But anyway, so that tweet went out. And then I guess 
Talib Kweli, which he is known for to take offense to anything anybody anything. says about him, specifically on Twitter. And he went after this lady. I mean, for weeks, time and tweet and tweet and time and over again. I mean, arguing back and forth. Address and having seeking his people on her. They were trying to find the girl, trying to find a family. They, they put their address, posting where they, they, where they work, how much money they make. And, you know, she put this long uh, post up about all the things that they've done, death threats, like you mentioned, found all her addresses, put all her personal business out there. So finally, Twitter gets involved and says, uh, yeah, we're going to permanently ban you. So then he puts out a tweet saying, you know, he's moved on to Patreon and, you know, this is how you're going to get, you know, whatever the case may be. So he's permanently banned for Twitter. And I just wanted to get your opinion because it is an interesting it's it's an interesting debate to have. You know, it's it's. Did he I want to say, did he go too far? Because, yes, he went too far. But but I think there's something more interesting in the sense that, number one, you know, um, how she said it, what she said, you know, she alluded to the fact that he had some issues with black women. And number two, um, a lot of celebrities are furiously, you know, think of Jamel Hill, for example, one of the people I follow on Twitter. Anytime she says the sky is blue, somebody's jumping in and talking about her and talking about, you know, because I I think the thing is with social media is we're so much closer to celebrities to where if they say something, then if I respond, everybody's accessible, like you're saying, like, exactly. I couldn't put it better way. Everybody's accessible. So for her to shoot this comment at him and not expect him to defend himself, uh, you know, I think it was, what do you feel? I mean, you know, is there, how do you feel about the whole colorism thing? And how do you feel about artists and celebrities defending themselves on Twitter? Uh, is there a line? Uh, obviously there is a line and obviously he crossed it because he's banned from Twitter, but how do you feel about celebrities defending themselves? And do they cross When do they cross the line between defense and cyberbullying? Right. So, um, you know, I saw this whole thing kind of happen in real time and there was already a conversation going on that day in black Twitter about colorism is like one of the things that's always going on on black Twitter. And I think what she was doing was just calling out the fact of, you know, saying that, yes, these people are married to black women and two things can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. They are married to black women, but the black community does have a lot of colorism mm-hmm. in the community. Right. It's one of those things that's very prevalent. It's very harmful and hurtful to people, um, particularly browner and, and dark skinned women. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's deeply hurtful and is deeply, you know, impactful to them in their daily lives. And I think for her, what she was trying to do was say, yeah, it's great they're married to black women, but let's also take a moment to take a look at the fact that this seems colorist as well. So I think that's, to me, based on what I was reading and what was happening, that's where I thought she was coming from. I don't think she was coming from it as, uh, well, you did the, you did this one thing right, but you did this thing wrong. To me, it didn't come across that way. Where it went too far is 
of all the stuff. He was going hard. Don't talk about my wife. Don't talk about this. Don't talk about that. You know, sticking his, you know, followers on her and, and all that went into it. And I mean, this wasn't for a day or two days. Mm-hmm. This happened for a few weeks, mm-hmm. constantly bombarding this girl, well, this young lady and mm-hmm. her family and putting them in danger because these stands, some of them are crazy. Right. And some yeah. of them will take this as a directive and go and do something. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I want to say about all that, he's invoking his wife, leave my wife out of this, blah, blah, blah. He is separated from his wife. They don't even live in the same state. She's like, I don't have nothing to do with him because I think he cheated on her or got somebody else pregnant. And so they aren't even together. So the whole basis of his, you know, quote unquote, defending himself is going out, defending himself based on, on fiction. Because right. he's trying to say that he's taking up for himself, he's taking up for him wife, but you you've treated your wife like trash. You, allegedly. You've done all <laughs> allegedly. Right. But what based on what she said. Right. But using allegedly for legal purposes because we see this kind of <laughs> the kind of guy that he is. Right. But I'm just saying it's one of those things where you can take it too far. And he did take it too far. There was you can have you know, disagreements. You can, you know, fight with people right. on Twitter uh-huh. out trying to cause them physical harm and cause direct issue to their mental health and to people they're related to. Her aunt, her mom, her who they didn't have anything to do with this. Right. So why bring them in? If you have an issue with this woman and what she said and what you perceived right. as a slight against you, right. you take it up with her. If you want to go have you know, the conversation back and forth on Twitter, then do that. But mm-hmm. there is no reason for you to to have this type of conversation and engage other people to constantly harass her and then take it from one platform over to another platform. Right. They started harassing her on Instagram. Uh-huh. So I just think they, he just went too far. Yeah, he and did. Yeah. In, in his apology is like, well, I took, no, you didn't choose to, to leave Twitter. You were kicked off Twitter. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, if, and if you do want to get your music or whatever you're doing out to your fans or your followers, put it on, put it on Patreon. Right. Let them go there and pay for it if that is the case. But there is no reason for him to go after this black woman. He's, he's in one sense, he's defending you know, his love and appreciation for black women. And on the flip side, he's harassing a black, black woman. woman. Right. right. It, makes, it makes no, it makes no sense. You know, the way that he's going about this and it, it's, it's completely unnecessary and it's completely with, you know, I, I'm looking at one of the quotes and she said that she's been threatened with human trafficking. Like, bro, you are threatening to human traffic and presumably you know, force her into sexual slavery mm-hmm. because she said, not even calling you out specifically. It's a whole list of people. Right. It's a whole list of people that are in the list from someone else's tweet. And she just responded to someone else's tweet. And her comment was literally almost all of them are married to light skinned women, mm-hmm. but that's the conversation for another day. Right. That was our whole response. That was the whole trigger for him to go and to launch this, you know, cyberbullying attack on this black woman. Right. So he went too far, was completely unnecessary, and I'm glad that he can no longer harass this black woman because apparently he has a 
a history of harassing black women on on social media. Well, I, I so here, well, I think he covers all bases because I follow Talib Kweli for a long time. I'm a fan, right? Um, but long every time. Every tweet I see of him, he's in an argument with somebody. So I don't want to, I'm not going to put it on him and say he specifically attacks black women on the regular because he specifically attacks everybody on the regular. He's always back and forth with somebody on Twitter. And it's just like constantly, constantly, you know, you see like uh, Rihanna or you see some of these other celebrities, they'll throw their one jab back at somebody and then they'll keep it moving. Talib Kweli, he goes in and goes in and in. So I'm not surprised and I don't think that he has a specific issue. He may have a specific issue with her, but I don't think he has a specific issue for her because she's a black woman. I don't even think he has an issue with her in the sense that what she um, uh, highlighted to that he has some sort of colorism issue. You know, I just think that's who he is. He just, he just is defensive and argumentative because I mean, I followed him over years. It's like, I can't even bruh. It's like put out some music. I can't, I can't watch the tweets anymore because he is always back and forth with somebody, you know? So uh, he did definitely take it too far with her specifically. And he should have, like you mentioned, uh, allegedly in the sense that I didn't read anywhere where he specifically, specifically targeted her, but he should have said, yo, when all the stands, like you mentioned, when everybody started digging yeah. into her live and pull all this information out and started threatening her, he should have been like, yo, that's not what this is about. I have some issues with what he said. I have some issues with what she said. I want to be able to use Twitter as a platform to hash those things out with her specifically, whether she replies back or not, but chill with all the extra stuff. Now, if he was really, you know, really wanted to have that, uh, uh, that dialogue then he should have been able to pick a better way to do it. And this wasn't a better way. And when all the other people like went extra, he didn't back them off. He didn't probably, he didn't, he antagonized it a little bit, but he didn't pull them back when they went too far. So again, that's crossing the line and that's what you get, you know, because he's been a habitual line stepper as a relation, just attacking people specifically on Twitter. So you in the doghouse now. So hopefully this Patreon thing work out for you, bro. Yeah. And full disclosure, I've never followed him on Twitter. And I, when all this kind of came up, I was like, oh, this is what it is. But like he said, if this is his standard MO, then he definitely doesn't need to be on a social network like Twitter. I mean, he is always arguing with somebody. Because if you think about it, even non-celebrities, I'm sure like people have tried to come at you on Twitter. I know people have tried to come at me on Twitter about things that you post, things that you say. Mm -hmm. No, definitely not to this level or nowhere near it. But that's that's the social discourse that we're in now. Right. People have that accessibility to everybody, whether right. you're a celebrity, whether you're a non-celebrity, whether you're a politician, whatever the case may be. Right. And everybody has that right. If your account is public or they've, you know, followed you or allowed you to follow them and, you know, you don't have your tweets protected or your comments turned off or whatever the case may be, that's a part of the social discourse for social media that's why they call it social media so you expect some level of interaction and you know conversation and even disagreements because disagreements are normal and to me disagreements are healthy but when you take it to this level that's not healthy right and and that's not what the platform is meant for so i'm i'm glad twitter you know did that 
And uh, I think what I read earlier, they did the same thing to the president, too. They didn't permanently ban him, but they stopped his tweets until he took off some misinformation that he had posted about coronavirus. Right. So he, I he, think he, they are taking it serious now. Right. He alluded Trump specifically. He alluded to the fact that kids are just about immune from the coronavirus, which is the opposite. The exact, the exact opposite of what not only the truth, what's really happening. We got kids who and are dying right every day that people are that these kids, they're back at school and they're all getting coronavirus. Right. So, I mean, as a celebrity, you do have the right to defend yourself. You know, I, you know, uh, I don't put it past any celebrity just to have it up to here with all the people running their mouths on Twitter about something that they have no business about, but you can take it too far. And it looks like social media with Talib Kweli, with the president, you know, uh, you're starting to see the repercussions. You just can't put anything out there because it's starting to come back on you. So lesson learned from, like I said, from, you know, Talib specifically and then the president or anybody, if you're going to, if you're going to argue over Facebook, you know, or Twitter or social media in general, you know, it's okay to have those arguments, but if you take it too far, you know, you will get thrown in jail or permanently suspended. I don't know what that is. about. <laughs> anyway, in right. other words, you ain't on here, bro. Right. All right. So moving along, um, I did not watch it yet, but I'm pretty sure you have some thoughts, uh, as our resident, uh, be, be, beehive is it beehive beehive no it's be beehive okay well I, yeah. uh, hey look i don't know so i'm asking yeah. for clarification beehive yes. um yes. <laughs> so <laughs> give us give us your uh review or uh ideas or thoughts on i am king her what do you call this a visual visual album visual album give us a breakdown so you're going to be surprised about this. I um, have not watched it. Uh uh what? <laughs> I've I've seen I've seen different snippets and videos, mm -hmm. but again, social media, social media, right? They ruin everything. I mean, they yeah. ruin absolute everything. And it just I was like, you know what? I am going to watch this once all the Twitter woes and the hype dies down, all of the think pieces, once they are done and out of the way, then I'll go and watch it and enjoy it for the beauty that it is. Because the clips that I did see and the videos that I did see were absolutely stunning. They were they were beautifully done, and you know it looks it looks fantastic from what I've seen. But people will ruin anything. Twitter mm -hmm. will ruin anything. Facebook will ruin anything. Instagram will ruin anything. And that's what they did for me with this visual album. I was like, I'm I'm gonna take a pass on it for now. Mm -hmm. I have Disney Plus, so I can watch it anytime. Right. And I will, but right now it's just it's it's just horrible. It's right. just social media is is just it's just horrible on this. And I was talking to um a couple of my friends this weekend because I Am King is based on Lion King, which is set on the continent of Africa. Right. You know, mother, the motherland. Uh -huh. And, you know, they were saying that some of their African born friends or uh -huh. immigrated uh, friends, they hate it. They do. And they were, they hate it. It's just like she's capitalizing off of, you know, our culture, co opting and appropriate, okay. all uh -huh. those things. And I'm just like, and they were like, well, as an American, 
you know, I don't see anything wrong with it. You're, you know, you can have your opinion, but they were just confused. And I was confused as well because my thing is she filmed this. First, she did The Lion King. Okay. Then she did the the album, uh-huh. which is basically the soundtrack to the movie. Uh-huh. And she used, you know, African um, artists, uh-huh. um, rappers, uh-huh. singers on the album. And on the visual album, she filmed it in parts of Africa and different countries in Africa. Her wardrobe were some of it was from African designers, the makeup, the jewelry, the people behind the camera, the people in front of the camera. You know, these are all black and or African people. Uh-huh. So I don't understand, you know, what the big hubbub is. I, well, I know what it is. It's well, Beyonce, so they have to say, you know, to that- me, that and right with that and well so to that point and i'll kind of get to the did not the response but i could see the standpoint right so to your point okay so we got africans who are mad at beyonce because of this album you got the christians who are mad at beyonce Mm -hmm. because you know it's this whole not demonic demonic and it's not christian and some of the the headdresses and some of the dances are not rooted in christianity and then you have the of course the white folks who are mad at beyonce but how dare her king and you know we got the whole black supremacy that terry cruz was talking about so right and the white man being a butler in the background right 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 so having said that if everybody's mad at you then is anybody mad at you right because at least you are offending everybody on the same plane right so are you really offending anybody if everybody's offended that's number one and number two um going back to the africans being upset i think you um i can see how you know as a as being a fan if i was a fan of beyonce like that i could see her say okay well she's went out of her way to make sure Africans as well as African-Americans were represented in every aspect of the piece. But if let's just say, um, I don't know, uh, um, think of a, a popular white uh, female artist on same popularity uh, as Beyonce. Uh, what's, the, what's the lady's name? Um, not Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Let's just use her for example. I can't think of the lady I'm thinking of, but monster. No, Taylor Swift. Oh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Right. Let's just say Lady Gaga uh, went out, out and above, beyond her way to create a ode or a celebration of hip hop. And she had all these black actors and she had all these black directors and she made sure she used the vernacular and made sure all this. She went, she did all this and went out of the way and decided to put this old hip because she loved hip hop so much. So she did this whole thing, right? If African-Americans, black people were like, hey, yeah, we like that, but you're appropriating this and that and this and that. I, I guess it's like, can, can Beyonce say... I don't see the problem uh, representing or misrepresenting a culture when the culture themselves say, hey, we have some questions about this. I mean, can you can the oppressor tell the oppressed what they can and can't be upset about? Right. So I guess that kind of my 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 question to ask you. So my thing is, I don't think that's necessarily apples to apples because Lady Gaga isn't a hip hop artist. Right. So maybe if you said, I don't know what Lady Gaga's uh, background is, but say 
Lady Gaga is Irish. Right. And she wants to show her appreciation to to Ireland. Right. And she goes to Ireland and she films, you know, in different parts of the country. She has different Irish dancers and makeup and outfits and all those kinds of things. And then if the Irish people say, yes, you are technically, you are part of our community. You are Irish, but still you're not from the motherland. The country of Ireland. Right. That yeah, you're not from the you not you don't originate from here. You don't live here. Right. Then that's then that's a problem. That's more I think kind of in line of more I guess apples to apples comparison. But my thing is even if it was Lady Gaga and Irish, I guess I'm I'm coming from a place that's a little bit different because I am American, right. but I'm also first black right and so my ancestry is in africa mm-hmm. and my thing is the fact that i don't know where what country what tribe i'm from mm-hmm. in africa because my people were stolen and brought to a different land right my thing is i can i can see where you're saying that this quote-unquote outsider is highlighting and showing the best of of your country you know, to me, it, I just don't understand it. And maybe that's that's why I don't is because I don't have a physical, tangible connection to, you know, the continent other than knowing the fact that somewhere down the line from there. Right. Right. Somewhere somewhere, you know, I my people are there. Right. So it's one of those things where I guess. You know, I, I guess I don't really have the authority to speak on it because right. I'm not from there. But from my side, I just saw a beautiful right. ode right. to motherland showing it in the best possible light. Right. I could see if she was like over there and just like she goes to the poorest part. Right. She gets the the most ravaged places and she's dancing with her million dollar dresses and you know all of her cars and makeup and Mm -hmm. shoes and and things in an area that is that is is ravaged and is suffering and then brings in people that aren't from that area to be in it if she's just got all american black american actors and performers and people and said okay so we're gonna go over here and co-opt and show the worst part of this particular area. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna be all dolled up and we're going to, you know, say, see, we came and we made it better, then yeah, I would have a problem with that. Right. But from what I saw, that's not what she did. Right. So that's why I guess for me, I don't I don't understand it. And I know that um Lovey wrote an amazing piece on it. She did a piece first talking about how great it was, how much she loved it, and we all know Lovey Ajay. Um, you know, I'm judging you and she has, you know, books and TV and mm-hmm. she's kind of all over the place talking to different organizations and she's an immigrant from Nigeria. She's mm-hmm. from Nigeria. I think she moved here when she was a little girl. Mm-hmm. So she was born and raised there and then she came here and, you know, she thought it was great. And and let's be clear, not all Africans right. have negative things to say, but there's a loud enough chorus that you know does have a problem with it and so it's just one of those things where can't please everybody you can't please everybody and it's beyonce so it's already controversial right but 
from what I saw, I just saw a beautiful ode to the continent. Well, so that so you make a good point. So I think the the onus would be on us. Well, you know, well, I guess Beyonce put the onus on her to go through the trouble and go through the effort to make sure Africans are represented, well represented in a positive light in this piece. Right. So maybe for mm-hmm. us, you know, who, you know, we need to put more onus on ourselves and say, hey, OK, so we me specifically, I don't understand what the big fuss is about, you know, hypothetically speaking, mm-hmm. um, the onus is on me to do the research. The onus is on me to yeah. trace my history and trace my roots and trace my ancestry. The onus on me is to uh, visit the continent. You know, the onus is on me to, you know, befriend or, you know, um, learn from Africans about their history, you know, current or first generations like Lovey, for example, you know, mm-hmm. uh, go out, make it a, take it upon myself to learn more. So when things like this come up, I have a better outset, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. to your point, it's like, well, you know, if Africa, to me, since I don't have that knowledge, since I don't have the understanding, since I don't have that familiarity, if Africans are saying they have an issue with certain ish, certain aspects or whatever the case may be, I'm not comfortable, like you said, just being able to say, oh, y'all just making a big deal about nothing because I don't know, you know, so. I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, so I think it is. Uh, take it upon ourselves as I think every black in America should take it upon themselves to learn more about the history and the continent and the current and the past and trace your roots and do the pilgrimage and do all that stuff. So when things like major events happen, we have that closer connection versus everybody back on forth on Facebook, either upset or not. Right. So then that and it's Beyonce, like you said, she there's nothing she's. There's nothing she's going to be able to do for the rest of her life to where everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, that was nice. <laughs> or, yeah. oh, we yeah, all hate exactly. it. Exactly. And apparently, and apparently she spent like a year researching it. So the symbolism and the different, the story that she told, because it's essentially Lion King reimagined with people right. from the continent. Right. So it was like a, a young Simba and all, and all those kind of things. So essentially the storytelling that she told was rooted and based in the lore and the history of the continent. So I think she did her research. Well, well, um, you well you don't know because you ain't saw it yet. Yes. So <laughs> well, I did see I'll just, just pull your chain. <laughs> but yeah, so I just it's exhausting. And like I said, I'll watch it when all of these people just kind of. You know, when the next Twitter thing, uh, you know, pops up, right. I'll go and watch it and enjoy it and appreciate it without all of the the controversy around it. So, yeah, well, I'm not a I'm not a huge Beyonce fan, so I'll let y'all do your thing. So I just wanted to bring that up, though, because, again, that was a lot. Everybody, everybody was equally upset. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Everybody. She was able to, quote unquote, offend basically everybody everybody <laughs> so again if you if you if you make everybody upset is anybody really upset or you're doing your job if everybody's talking about it right all right so uh moving on i think that's it for for the culture uh we're gonna move into the hookup we talked earlier about uh ios or mac os public beta is out uh ios 14 public beta has been out for a couple weeks 
Uh, I have iOS 14 public beta on my iPhone. It is my daily driver. If you're going to install iOS 14 or Mac OS Big Sur public beta on your devices, you definitely want to make sure you have a backup. And this is important, not just an iCloud backup. You have to encrypt slash archive your backup to your Mac, specifically if you're back, if you're going to install iOS 14, if you're going to install Mac OS uh, Big Sur uh, public beta, you need to encrypt and back that up to an external hard drive or to another computer or a server. You can't just make an iCloud backup of your computer and of your iPhone. And if you run into bugs with the public beta that breaks your phone or makes certain features and aspects of it inoperable, because the whole point of a beta is to get people to test things. So that means things are not necessarily going to be working as they are when it's actually released. So you can't download any of these developer betas or these public betas and expect things to work and not have recourse if they don't. So this is your recourse. If you if things don't work, you be able to back up to a previous version of iOS, not just restore your data, because once you get iOS 14 or Mac OS Big Sur on your device and something goes wrong, you can't just restore your data. You have to downgrade to a previous version of the iOS and it's not just as simple as doing a restore. So you have to actually make an encrypted archived backup. So I'm just going to go through the steps real quick on how to do that via iOS 14. So basically what you have to do is if you have a Mac, you have to plug it up to your computer. If you have a PC, plug it up to your computer with Mac, you can use the finder window. So you open finder and find your iPhone in the sidebar in PC. You have to open up iTunes and locate your device. Um, you have to disable the iCloud backup again, iCloud. All that does is backs up your data. It does not back up your operating system. So you need to disable iCloud backup on your Mac and PC, and then you have to select back up all the data on your iPhone to this Mac or to this computer. Once you select that, you have to select encrypt local backup. That means you have to put a password on the actual backup and then create a password specifically for the backup. And then when you do a backup now, it'll go through the process, it'll back it up. And how you can prove that your backup has been encrypted is if you go back into the, the list of your current free, um, uh, recently backed up devices, it'll have a padlock on the name and the date of the previous backup. That in and of itself will tell you that you have an encrypted archived backup of your iOS uh, device. Then if you can go and go through the process of downloading or uh, signing up for the uh, public beta for your iPhone or your Mac, then if something goes wrong, you can actually downgrade to iOS what 13. Again, like I said, the whole point is to make an archived and encrypted backup versus just backing up your data to the cloud. So again, if you if you didn't hear anything I just said or crossed your eyes or it was too techy, if you're going to upgrade to the iOS public beta, you have to physically manually back up your iPhone to your computer. Don't try to back it up to the cloud because that won't work. So that is my tip. And the reason why I wanted to put it out there because iOS 14 specifically is pretty good. I haven't had any issues. Like I mentioned before, everything's going smooth. So that's probably enticing for people to back up or upgrade to the public beta. But just make sure just for argument's sake, just 
trust me, and <laughs> just make an archived <laughs> encrypted backup because I'd hate for something to happen and then you gotta wait because your phone is a brick. Right? So all right, so that so that is my hookup for the week. Uh if you don't have any hookups or anything like that or any tips, I think we are done for this week of this actually pretty good looking video version of our <laughs> podcast. Uh definitely rate uh, download, rate, and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, and we're on Spotify. Definitely engage with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're at SnobOSCast. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube now at SnobOS, and I think you can actually see us on YouTube at SnobOSCast uh, for YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel, and definitely hit the notifications uh, button on uh, YouTube so you can be alerted when we actually go live video. Um, you can definitely leave comments and suggestions. We're on the web at snoboscast.com, or you can also shoot us an email. We're at snobos at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to so, show some support for the show, we are on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash snoboscast for as little as $5, you'll get actual access to our pre-show taping you'll get access to the actual live show taping so you'll be able to watch it as we record it and you'll get access to our discord live chat where you can talk about all things tech all things whatever get at ideas talk about uh things you want to see on the show so on and so forth other than that we are done for this week peace